everybody here this uh, evening. Trust that you're not too hot. If you stay inside, the outside is a little tough. But we're glad you're here today. And let's just stand together, those who can. Let's just begin this with prayer, and then we'll begin in our worship. And Sister Julie comes and leads us today. Father God, we come to you, Lord, tonight, and we thank you for the privilege of being in your house. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for what you are about to do in this place. We invite you, Holy Spirit, to have your way in every heart, every life, and everything that we do, Father. God, may you receive the honor and the glory and the praise. May we lift up your name in praise and in worship and in adoration from the very depths of our hearts. For you alone, our God, are worthy of all praise and honor and glory. For you have created us. You have created us for your pleasure and for your honor. And Lord, that's what we desire to do tonight. Father God, guide and direct us and touch every heart and life, I pray, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Go ahead, Dennis. Holy, 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 holy is the Lord God Almighty. He's worthy to receive glory and worthy to receive honor and worthy to receive all our praise. Today, y'all sing holy. He's holy, holy, holy. He's holy, holy, holy. Holy is the Lord God Almighty. He's worthy to receive glory and worthy to receive honor. He's worthy to receive all our. Praise today. So let's praise him. Praise him and lift him up. Yes. Praise him. Exalt his name forever. Sing holy. He's holy, holy, holy. He's holy, holy, holy. He's holy, holy, holy. 
Father, we exalt you in this place tonight. God, have your way in this service, Lord. Father, just move through this sanctuary in a mighty way as only you can, God. Father, just soften our hearts to hear what you want us to hear and to feel it the way you want us to feel it, God. Let our ears be open to your word, God. Let our spirit be sensitive to that small, tiny feeling, God. Let it manifest into a great fire. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen and amen. The splendor of a king clothed in majesty. Let all the earth rejoice. Let all the earth rejoice. He wraps himself in light. Oh, and darkness tries to hide and trembles at his voice and trembles at his voice and how great is our God sing with me how great is our God and all will see how great how great is our
is our God. Sing with me how great is our God, and all will see how great, how great is our God. Sing that one more time. And how great is our God. Sing with me how great is our God. And all will see how great, how great is our God. How great is our God. The name above all names. The name above all names. Oh, we worship you, Lord. Just play it, Dennis.
a name that is above every name he's always the same church he never never changes the God of all creation is still God tonight kings and kingdoms will all pass away the day will come when every Tim every empire Every dictatorship, every republic that's ever been will be gone. There is one kingdom coming. It is alive now. It's been alive ever since Jesus came to this earth. It's been in operation. But church, the day is coming when it's taken over the world. Because he says there's a new heaven. There's a new earth. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That's the Jesus I serve. That's my King of kings. That's my Lord of lords. Hallelujah to His holy name. His name is Jesus. I call Him Savior. I call Him my friend. I'm calling that brother, that, that, that one that sticks closer, that friend that sticks closer than a brother. He's worthy of our praise. Just praise Him. Father God, we praise the name of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Lord, we praise You. We worship you, Lord God, tonight. We thank you, Holy Spirit. And you are flowing through this place like a mighty river. And it makes no difference who all's here tonight. But God, you're here and that's what's important. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to his holy name. Amen. Let's give him a hand of applause tonight. For he's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Sister Julie and team, thank you guys so much. Thank you, thank you. The words are not, not near enough. Thank you is not enough, I, I trust me. But I don't have any better ones. <laughs> you know, the Lord bless you for what you do. I, I'll be honest with you tonight, people. It was, this was one of those deals. I come home from work yesterday. We worked 10 hours <laughs> yesterday. Uh, it was hot, trust me. Five o'clock, it really got hot. But, and I'm going, I've got to, I've got to thank Lord. You know, I need some help down here. <laughs> of course, I always need help. I don't know about you, but I, you know, 
I'm one of his kids. He's got to watch out for all the time. But, and I won't go into all the situations, but things occurred today, and I'm headed home, and, and some things happened. My mother called, and you know, there was a whole line of <laughs> things she wanted done, and I'm going, but mother, it's Wednesday night. Bless her heart. She won't see this, but she forgot what today was. So, But anyway, the Lord worked it out. But I don't know about you, but I needed what we feel here tonight. Amen. I don't know about anybody else, but I needed it. Amen. And so we're, 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 we're on the right track. Yes, Amen. Those that aren't here, I'm sorry. If you're watching by way of the Internet or media, thank you. But... Uh, I th- I, it, it's better to be here and feel it than somewhere else. Oh, yeah. Amen. Remind you of our announcements real quick tonight before we get started. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, men's breakfast this coming July the 16th at 8.30. Heart to Heart is July the 19th. Ladies, let me encourage you to be a part of this. It doesn't say on here where it's going to be at, but I'm sure when Sister Vonda and Brother Gary get back, uh, Sunday, they will tell us what all the details are. So, uh, but it'll be next. It'll be July the nineteenth at six p.m. And remind you that uh, Long, Love Long Grove Day. Try to say that fast. Is coming up, uh, I think, in August the sixth. So we're accepting donations uh, or offerings for backpacks and supplies. Uh, uh, get out your your good stuff that you don't use anymore, you know. Don't bring us no broke cars or <laughs> broken records, you know, stuff like that. But stuff that's usable that people could use in their homes and and uh, in their lives, and help us, Lord, help us to be a blessing uh, to our community. And well, probably you're going to be also, uh, you know. For the near future, going to be asking for volunteers to help with that as well. So uh, pray about it because it's an outreach for our church to let the community around us know that we care about them and that we're here to try to help them. So uh, let's uh, remember those announcements tonight. Uh, and if you don't have a bulletin, try it. There may be one or two still left back there. Get it those. Those will help keep you up to date. Pastor texted me a while ago, says to let you know we'll be back Sunday, and we're refreshed and ready to go. So you better have your hearing aids all tuned up and batteries in them. You better have your, you may need your steel toe shoes, I don't know. Depends on what the Lord lays on Brother Gary's heart, but I know that he's ready to get back and to fulfill his duties, his responsibilities. It's a, I don't know if you understand it or not, and I'm not, he didn't ask me to say this. This just comes from me to you. What he does is from his heart. It's not for any other reason. It's for God. It's for, from his heart. And him and Sister Vonda both. Remember them in your prayers always. Amen. Never, yeah. ever forget. Um, some uh, Winston Churchill is quoted as saying, never, never, never give up. And I'm going to tell you, never, never, never quit praying for your pastor. They need it. 
You understand that they, I don't know whether we always understand or not, and Brother Gary, I'm, I'm not trying to do this just to make you feel bad, but he's on the front lines. Because if Satan's going to start attacking anywhere that he can, he's going to try to start with the very top. And that's not just pastor, all of our church staff. They need our prayers every day that we, can, that we get up. They need us to hold them up in prayer. It is, and it's our responsibility as a church to do that. And I believe we'll see God do things. So that little sermon did not cost you anything extra but just, you know, just do it. Let's, as we pray, church, our greatest weapon that we have is that time that we can spend in prayer with God and, and, and go to Him each and every day. We need it for our own lives, but we also need it to, we need to be remembering each other and keeping each other covered in prayer as well. We want to go to the Lord in prayer tonight. Uh, remember, your, uh, your, we have a list, a prayer list, and I won't go over all of them. And there's a lot of people that need crest. I did forget last week to mention Brother Ronnie Burns. Let's continue to remember him, that he'll continue to recover and everything will heal up exactly like God had designed it to heal and that we'll be able to see him and Sister Mary and them back in church. And there's several others on your on your list, not no Sister Carol's not here tonight, so uh, take it she's not feeling really great. So let's remember Sister Carol Stinson in our prayers as well and, and different ones. We need the, the touch of God in life. Do you have a need tonight that you would like to mention? We can pray with you about real quickly before we pray. Everything going, that's good. You know, praise report. You know, we, can, we do those too. God is good, isn't he? All the time. All the time. All the time. All right, let's stand again. Yes, Brother Don. Yes, sir. go in and go back out and you don't really remember what happened in between <laughs> that, that's a good doctor <laughs> but and the important thing is we're feeling better brother we think that yes it's cat yes ma'am I mean, it's not too bad. I'm not going to say don't go to the doctor and find out what's the matter. No, that's, that's not I'm going to say that at all. But, you know, sometimes things happen, and we're not sure what the cause is, but God is the healer of the cause as well as the symptoms, you know. And so a time we may not know exactly what's going wrong, but God always knows. So we want to thank him for touching Sister Kathy and no more dizzy spells. That's great. Anyone else tonight? Let's stand together again one more time if you can and will. I won't, I won't beg you to, but if you can, we, we encourage you to. Let's take these to the Father and take a, this serves the reign to this serves. Father God, we come to you tonight again. 
We thank you, Lord, for the praise reports that, that we have heard. Father, we thank you, Lord, uh, that Pastor is refreshed. Lord, and I, I just know in my heart he's, he's raring to get back in, into the pulpit, ready to preach his heart out for you and for the kingdom of God so that souls can be added to the kingdom. Father, we thank you, Lord, for that time of refreshing, for that time of reviving spirit, soul, and body. Father, we just pray, Lord, continued blessings upon them, traveling mercies as they travel, Lord, and just keep them safe everywhere they go and everything that they do, uh, not only if they're on vacation, but, Lord, even when they're here at home. Lord, keep your hand upon them. Keep watch over them. We plead the blood of Jesus over their lives, over every staff member of our church, Lord. We plead the blood of Jesus over them. I pray a hedge of protection to surround them, spirit, soul, and body, and that no attack of the enemy will succeed in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you, Lord, for Brother Don's stint going as well as it has and for giving him a, a good time being able to get back on his feet and go like he wants to. We thank you, Lord, for touching Sister Kathy. Lord, the praise report that the dizzy spells are no longer occurring. We thank you for that, Father God. We thank you that you're still on the throne, that, Father God, you're still healing, you're still saving, you're still delivering, you're still baptizing with the Holy Ghost and with power in the hearts and lives of those that serve you and follow you. Father, we pray for Brother Ronnie Burns tonight. God, we ask you, Lord, to continue healing his body. Lord, that you will touch and heal him, that everything get healed back together exactly like you designed it to be in the first place. And that, Lord God, you will minister yourself. Show yourself mighty. In their behalf, Father God, I pray, Lord, for the remainder of this service. Guide and direct us, Lord, as we get into your word. May it challenge us, may it stir us, may it motivate us, Father God, to be called closer to you and to be everything we can and ought to be in your kingdom so that we, as your people, we as your church, can bring honor and glory and praise to the name of our God, to the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. For his honor and glory we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated tonight. <coughs> in the book of Genesis, chapter 1, is where I want to start tonight. I thought about, I thought about this for a lot of, of, of years, I think, and just never really kind of just got a hold of, you know, I don't think I'd really quite got what God was getting at. But as I start, thought about this and, and got to, to thinking about it and got to studying on it, there's some things that come to mind about the first three verses of the book of Genesis. Most of us have been in church any time at all, know this verse of Scripture. But there's something that has always kind of struck me uh, about this, and that's, part of, that's what I want to get on to tonight. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning of what? When God got started on this thing. The Bible tells us, and I'm going to stop real quick. The Bible tells us that God always has been. Do I understand that? Do I comprehend that? No. That does, my mind just, it don't, do, it don't go that good. If you do, please come explain it to me. <laughs> that's, you know, that's a concept. It's hard for us to understand. God's always been. But there came a point 
in his existence where he said, we're going to do this. The thing about this, when I, when I, one of the things I think about this, when God says, in the beginning, God created. I heard it said one time that the book, the book of Genesis does not set out to prove to you that God exists. You either take that very first verse by faith, or you reject it. It's your choice. I choose to believe there is a God, and I choose to believe He created the heavens and the earth. We, last Sunday night after the cookout, my wife and I went up to the road. I don't know if you've ever been up that way, but there's a road to get, used to get into Falls Creek down closer to the river, but now you have to go, uh, uh, well, you don't have to go underneath I-35, but there's a road that goes back up, it goes up the west side of I-35, goes under it, and goes back east, and heads toward the, what they call the upper entrance of Falls Creek. Up there, you get almost, well, in fact, it's about as high as you can get on that road, because you have to go back down and get to Falls Creek, but you can get, and you can look back north, all the way to Winniewood. Gets nighttime. We, we went, my wife and I decided we wanted to watch Davis shoot off their fireworks on Sunday night. So we went up there and, you know, it was getting dark. And the darker it got, the clearer the refinery at Winniewood got. And, and they wasn't burning the flare this time. But, I mean, there it was and all of these other things. And we could see, begin to see over the horizon, far beyond Winniewood. You could see fireworks going off in the sky. We watched the show, but after the show was over, and Faith and I sat there on the side of that road for a while, and the stars began to appear even more and more clearly. And I found the Big Dipper, you know, and I said, there it is. And my wife says, where? And I said, okay, there's the, and I said, there's the top of the, the kettle. There you go down. There's the, the bottom of it. There's the bottom of the pan. There's the top, and then there's the handle. But it's beautiful to be able to go to a place. In my house, we got so many trees. You're lucky if you can see stars, even if it's a good, clear, crystal clear night in the wintertime. You know, there's so many trees. But the thing about it is, there's all of this expanse of the universe that God created. Brother Don Hyman, uh, I don't know if he could call it priestess, but he gave us a devotion in our men's fellowship uh, breakfast one, one morning. And he talked about how extremely vast the universe itself was. And God created that. God himself. He didn't ask anybody's help. You remember when he, I stopped, hadn't thought about this until just now, but I remember you know, when Job was having all of his deal and God asked him the question, Job, were you here when I laid all of this stuff out? You know, Job's going to say, uh, no. Did I ask your opinion of how I ought to do anything? Did I, you know, did I consult anybody? No. The Bible says that God created the heavens and the earth. Simply, that's how it is. The earth was without form and void. It was empty. It was, as it were, chaotic. There's no order to it. There's nothing in, there's nothing in place. But the thing, and it says, and darkness was over the face of the deep. 
What kind of darkness are we talking about? We are talking the kind of darkness that is absolutely devoid of any light whatsoever. Have any of you ever been in, in a cave I have, and they turn out the lights? You can stick, if you don't know this, you can stick, you can touch your nose with your palm of your hand. You can't see your hand. You know it's there because you, you feel it, but you can't see it. There's a little cave up north, northern Oklahoma around the Great Salt Plains, some alabaster caverns, that's what it is. It's been a while since that. It's a small one. It's, you know, it's nothing like Carlsbad or anything like that. But they do that. They turn out the lights, and it's just pitch black. When you stop and think about what God started with, the Bible declares that God started with nothing. There was nothing there. There was a story I read, I think it was in Raiders Digest many years ago. It was, and it was a story, okay? But the story was a bunch of scientists got together and they figured out how to put all of the right elements together and everything in the right place and in the right order. And then they went to God and said, hey, we created a man. And God said, wait a minute, wait a minute. Why? What's the matter? He said, no, you've got to start with nothing. He started with nothing. He created the dirt. He created the trees. He created everything. The Bible says that everything he started with, it was he started, there wasn't anything there. He created all of it. That's the God we serve. And I like this part of verse 2. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. You know what's interesting to me, church, is the fact that the very first two verses of the Bible specifically mention the Spirit of God. It, wasn't us, it was not a coincidence. It was not something that the writer just decided to put in there sometime later. Oh, well, you know, oh, that sounds like a good thing to put in there. No, the Bible tells us that the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. One of the commentators I read about said there is this sense of, of anticipation that the Spirit is hovering because something is about to occur. Something is about to take place. Something supernatural is about to happen. And the next verse, verse 3, And God said, Let there be light. The Spirit was moving. The Spirit is hovering. Then God himself speaks. Now we know the rest of creation story. I'm not going to go on all of that. But I want you to focus on that thought. And the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Why is that important? Because in creation, in the church, without the spirit of God, we are very ineffective. Yeah. 
Don't misunderstand me. I believe that there are people that can get people to the Lord. I believe there are people that can talk to others and, and, and help them to come to know Jesus. But how much more, how many more could they reach if they were filled with the Spirit of God? How much better, how, not better, that's not really the right word. How much more dynamic would our lives be, would our church be, if we were full of the Holy Ghost? How much better would our churches be? How much of an impact would the, the church that God gave His life for, that Jesus gave His life for, how much more effect and impact would we have if we were allowing the Holy Spirit of God to move like He wants to move? The pastor said this, and I'm going to say it too. Sister Julie, as good as she is, and as much as she prays about what she does, cannot get you and I to the place where we need to be obedient to the Spirit of God. It's my responsibility. And I pre don't misunderstand me, Sister Julie. I appreciate it. I mean, she just, she does, I don't know. I'm like pastor. Just, she amazes me every time. But she listens to the Lord. She has to. You can't do the thing she does and, and watch God move by His Spirit because of the songs that the Lord has laid on her heart that gets the Spirit brooding or hovering over the church. Is she important? Yes, she is. Is Brother Dennis important? Yes, he is. That man can play the socks off a piano. Just, you know, he's good. But he uses that for the glory of God. Yeah. I was hoping they'd sing it, but they were practicing one while ago. And he's like, oh boy. And Dennis said, boy, he said, I did that one completely from memory. And I thought, well, you know, as much as you've been playing the piano, I don't think it'd be that hard. But, you know, sometimes, I'm sure it is, there's so many songs running through your head, I'm sure sometimes they get mixed up. But when we stop and think about this, the Spirit moving over the face of the waters, there's an anticipation of something that's about to happen. I, I, this, now, this is just me, but I, to me, I get the sense that the Spirit is saying, okay, Father, what, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? Just tell me. Just tell me. I'm ready to get it. And church, I really believe that the Spirit of God works like that in ours. He's willing to work. He's willing to do whatever the Father tells Him to do. He is willing to use whoever will let God use Him, them. You don't have to be a pastor of a church. You don't have to be a Sunday school teacher. You don't even have to be a missionary. All you have to be is a born-again, spirit-filled child of God. There's no great qualifications. You don't have, I, I mean, I appreciate those that go to seminary. You know, they learn all this stuff, and, and I, I, I can learn off some of them. I, I've seen some that's been to seminary, and then five seconds after they got started, it was right over the top of my head. I'm going, hey, man, you kind of need to get this down to where I understand it. Do you want to know something I believe? When Jesus talked, he talked where people understood what he was talking about. It would be a whole lot better for us to say in our own simple way what we sense and feel in our heart than try to impress somebody with all of the big words. 
What did Paul say? He said, well, when I came to you, my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. Why did he say that? Two things. If you remember last Wednesday night, we talked about that in Paul's day, the pagan world prized pride. Now let's stop and think about something. I don't know how you feel about it, but Brother Paul was an extremely intelligent man. He could talk with the highest intellectually elite of his day. He could talk to them one-on-one, and they didn't intimidate him at all. You know, you try to bring some professor in here that knows stuff, and me talking, it's like, "Mm, uh, you know, son, you need somebody more your pay grade than I I am. I don't consider myself, you know, I consider myself an intelligent person, but I'm not that intellectually. I mean, I can learn things. Give me time, I'll, I'll figure it out. But you know, it's much better to be able to keep it simple. God's not looking for something just you to be so dynamic and all this and all that. He's looking for somebody who will allow the Spirit to move in their life. There was a sense of anticipation. And I like verse 3, Then God said, Oh, that the church could get a hold of the fact that what God has said is law. And this is an old expression I got taught a long time ago. Law and gospel. What God says goes. Satan knows it. Jesus proved that on the, in the temptation. Satan said, no, you can do this. No, you can't do that. Turn that rock into a piece of bread. That was not outside the realm of Jesus' ability. He could have said, rock, become bread, and it would have become the best loaf of bread you ever had in your life. What did he say? You shall not live by bread alone, the Bible says. The Scripture says it's written. Cast yourself off this mountain and the angels will bear you up lest you dash your foot against a stone. He said, it's also written, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. And the last temptation was, look at all of the glory of the kingdoms that I control. Bow down and worship me and I'll give them to you. What did, I don't know why Jesus didn't. He told us later he was. Why didn't he look at Satan and said, you are the liar and the father of lies? The Bible tells us that he said that later. But he didn't. He said, it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. God's word is law and gospel. It does not matter what popular opinion says. It does not matter if the Supreme Court says that right is wrong and wrong is right. It doesn't matter if the Democratic Party or the Republican Party or the Libertarian Party say those things. God's law is right. God said what he meant, and he meant what he said. Every time. When we think about it, 
one of the things that I thought about in this. I, I wrote this down, this sense of anticipation. God speaks miracles, and in this case, creation occurs. When the Spirit moves, miracles happen. When the Spirit moves, people's lives are changed. Souls are saved. Bodies, minds, spirits are healed. When the Spirit moves, people are filled with the Holy Ghost and with power, with the initial evidence of speaking in other tongues. It's important. It was so, to me, the sense I get, it was so important that God mentioned him in the very first part of the Bible. That's how important he is. I think about the Old Testament prophets. They were not filled with the Spirit, but the Bible over and over and over again says they were moved by the Spirit. Or the Spirit of the Lord came upon someone. They would prophesy. Or they would do mighty things. Samson did not realize where his power came from. Samson did not lose his power because of the fact that he shaved the locks. He told Delilah he shaved the locks off his head. Samson lost his power because he didn't realize that the Spirit had left him. He did not realize that the Spirit had left him. Yes, the, the outward sign of his, his consecration to God was not shaving his head. But his power did not come from those locks of hair on his head. They came from the Spirit of God. The Bible says this. David, when he went to fight Goliath, that's a whole other interesting story in and of itself and another message in itself. But let me suffice it to say this. When David stood before Saul, who stood head and shoulders above all the men of Israel, Saul looked down on everybody. And I don't mean that disrespectfully to him. He did. He was a head and shoulders taller than every other man in the, in the nation of Israel. The Bible says he was. What's he doing with Goliath and his big mouth? Hiding in their tent. What are we going to do, we guys? Let's, you know, he calls all his, how are we going to do? I don't know. He's so big. He's mean. He says bad things about us. Oh, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? David walks in. The Bible says he was ruddy. Which meant he still, I'm, I'm going to guess somewhere preteen or close to it. Little guy. He walks in and he doesn't boastfully say it, but he said, wait a minute, I hear you got a challenge from that big ugly goot galoot out there. I'll take him on. Saul was so much of a chicken. 
He said, okay. Sending kid out to do a man's job. Well, the kid offered. Mm. Saul did the best he did. Here, David, put on my armor. Right. The kid's probably half of Saul's size, and you're going to put on his armor and go out to fight a battle. The kid can't even walk with the thing on him. I just thought of something. You know, a lot of times the devil looks at you and thinks, you're just a kid. You don't know who I serve, do you? And I'm going to use pastor's favorite word, Bubba. <laughs> what did David say? He, he said he, he, he was obedient to the king. He put it on. He said, look, sir, with all due respect, can't do this. Let me take what I know. Let me take what I've got. And then he told Saul, he said, there was a lion, there was a bear. I slew both of them because they was after my father's sheep. And it was my responsibility to take care of the sheep. And I'm going to take care of the sheep. But he said, the same God that delivered the lion and the bear into my hand will also deliver this uncircumcised Philistine. David was a mightier man. Why? Because he recognized, whether he recognized it was the Spirit of God or not, he knew it was God that had gotten him the victory to do his job. He was supposed to be taking care of his father's sheep, and he did the best he knew how to do it with what he had. But he realized that it was God who delivered that lion and that bear into his hands and allowed him to kill him and keep the sheep rescued. He was doing his job. But David recognized something that none of the other people, and especially the soldiers of Israel, realized. Because he said to Goliath, you have not defied, you have not come against the army of Israel. You have defied the God of Israel. And this God I serve will deliver you into my hands. And we know the story. Goliath's going, yeah, right, kiddo. Who do you think you are? You know, I got a sword bigger than you are tall. He did. Tells about how big his spear was. It tells about how big his shield was. Yeah. Well, what do you think I am? A dog? You're gonna sit there and chase me off with a stick? You're gonna throw rocks at me? Goliath should have shut up while he had time. <laughs> but you know what? He was too stupid to keep his mouth shut. David knew who he belonged to. And David went out there, and the Bible says he slung, put that little sling stone in that sling. He slung that rascal. Pow! Right in the middle of his forehead, the Bible says he fell over. And the Bible says David, and it doesn't say it in the Bible, but the only way that I can see David took Goliath's head off, he took his own sword and sawed it off. Kid couldn't have picked up that sword, but he could drag it. Why? Because the Spirit of God was upon him. 
the Spirit of God was upon him. To the book of Acts. You knew I was getting there, wasn't you? Chapter 1. What does the Bible tell us? I want to read it because it's really good. Jesus is talking to the disciples. He's risen from the dead. He's fixing to go back to the Father. In verse 4 he says, And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Jesus made a promise, and now there is an, a sense of anticipation given. In the beginning, there was a sense of anticipation. The Holy Spirit is waiting for God to speak and then begin to move. Jesus tells the disciples, you go to Jerusalem and you tarry there until you receive this promise that yeah, I've told you about before, we've talked about this before, but you will receive power. You will be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. It was a sense of anticipation given. If I had a title for this, it would be called Anticipating a Spirit Move. You see where I'm going? I give it away, didn't I? But they had some. He said, you wait for it. Now, what does the Bible tell us? The Bible tells us in the second chapter of the book of Acts that they were all with one mind and one accord in an upper room. They were in unity. They were doing what they were told. Oh, what do you think it's going to be like? They weren't discussing what it was going to be like. They weren't talking about what, what could happen. What, what do you think is going to happen? What do you, no. They were doing what Jesus told them to do. He said, you wait. They, what they do? The Bible says they waited. They prayed. They praised. And suddenly, there came a sound from heaven like a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the house where they were. And there sat on them as it were cloven tongues like as a fire. And they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Honey, that was just the start. That was just the beginning. Hadn't thought about this till just now, but that was the second big bang. You know the big bang theory? In the beginning, God said, let there be, and bang, there it was. The second one was with his church. If creation is as vast and enormous and spectacular as it is, what do you think God intended for the church to be? What does God intend for us to be? What does God intend for us to do? What does God intend for us to, to accomplish in the world in which you and I live? But I'm old. I'm old, but I'm not, not old yet. I'm older. It's my story, and I'm going to stick to it. 65 years old. I don't feel like it, but I am. One of these days, sometimes I do. Oh, Brother Ron. <laughs> yeah. 
Some days I feel older than than the one I other day. But if if I went by my feelings, I'm nowhere near 65. But what about spiritually? You know, I'm preaching, I'm stomping on my toes too, so don't don't feel bad. But he said, You'll receive this power. It's a sense. Romans chapter 8, verse 11. I love this one. Paul writes to the Roman church and says, If the Spirit, if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, notice He didn't say around you or close by, He's not hovering over if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Jesus, Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. And anticipation revealed. He was the whole point. Paul said, in him I live and move and have my being. For me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. Paul said, the life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who gave himself for me. Church, it's that spirit. He who has the spirit has life. Jesus said, my words, they are spirit and they are life. Now, was he talking about, he was talking about, he's, he's talking about people that are living, so they're mortal bodies. But he said, this spirit is going to give you a life eternal. Does give you. You already have it. Once you have him, you have that life eternal. You can walk away from it, but nobody can take it away from you. What does he want? He wants us to realize that in that spirit. What does he said? If you walk in the spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. If you are as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons and daughters of God. And church, I believe this with all of my heart. The devil knows if we're really spirit-led or not. You may fool everybody else around you, but God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit know. And Satan knows if you really are or not. The seven sons of Sceva was trying to cast. We adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preaches come out of this man. And what did the Spirit tell him? Jesus I know. Paul I know. Now that's a pretty big statement. But he asked the question, who are you? There's an anticipation. Church, we need, I need, you need to have an anticipation of the Spirit moving in our hearts and lives. We need to be praying for it. We need to come to church praying for it. We need to come to church expecting it. We need to come to church saying, God, what do you want me to do to be a part of that? Not preaching something, anything you haven't already heard, just reminded you 
what I believe the Lord wants us to know. He wants us. If we're going to, this world is going to see anything from the church. Honey, that time's now. If there was ever a day we needed to be spirit-filled and spirit-led, it is today. Stand with me if you would. Every head bowed, every eye closed while you're standing if you can. I trust and pray that everyone's here tonight as a born-again child of God, that the Holy Spirit has drawn you to Him. But if that is not the case, for a moment I want to give you the opportunity to make Jesus saving Lord of your life. If you're here tonight while every head is bowed, every eye is closed, you do not know Jesus as Savior and Lord of your life. You can know about this Spirit. You can experience this Holy Spirit I'm talking about, but you first must know Jesus as Savior and Lord of your life. And I can assure you on the basis of what God says in His Word, that's exactly what He wants you to do. He wants you to be a part of His family. The Holy Spirit's job is to draw you and woo you if you don't know Him as Savior and Lord of your life. Jesus said no one comes to the Father unless the Spirit draws him. Is there one here tonight Would raise your hand and say, Brother Allen, I don't know him, but I'd like to tonight. It's really simple. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, actually it's the other way around, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and him raised from the dead, you'll be saved. Just simply says, I know. That he is who he says he is, and I need him to be in my life. Is there anyone tonight that would say, raise your hand and say, I need Jesus? Thank you, Lord. Church, tonight, my question to you is, are we anticipating a spirit move? Are we anticipating God doing something in our hearts and our lives? And are we serious enough to keep on seeking Till we see it happen. If you are, I invite you to spend some time around these altars tonight. Let's ask God to do that in us and through us as well.